Hello, Leanna. Hello, Ed. How are you doing today? I am bemused. You're amused or bemused? Bemused. 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 Okay. I'm not amused. I'm bemused. Okay. And, oh, I think I oh, know I what you're talking about. Oh, I just realized A, B. Bemused means confused, bewildered. You know, not not amused as in ha-ha funny. It's ha-ha strange. I think we, I know what you're talking about. We We live in a world, Ed. The world is going to word I can't say on this recording. You can just say poop. Yeah, poop. I'll go with that. Look, haka, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of things that are absolutely, I understand why people are upset, even if I don't agree with them. I get why they care, and it bothers them. But the internet has been roiling for days about Will Wheaton's reaction to Larry David face smushing Elmo on what was it? The Today Show? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right. All right. Let's talk about that. Um, we'll get to that. First, I want to tell you this weird experience I had before it. I, the experience disappears from my head because the timeline resets. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with the Mandela effect? The the memory of something that didn't happen. Or or allegedly didn't happen. It started when there was people online who swore that Nelson Mandela of South Africa died in prison. When in fact, right. Nelson Mandela survived prison and became the first post-apartheid but, leader of South Africa. But the thing but, that makes the Mandela effect unique is that people aren't lying or attempting to deceive. They actually believe they remember what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely, right, right. will swear on a stack of Bibles right. that they that, remember it. That Nelson, Nelson Mandela died in prison. This, that, yeah, and another one that's prominent is this movie, alleged movie called Shazam, with double A at the end, uh, from the 80s, starring Sinbad as a genie. And there's, a, there's one guy who I read who worked in a uh, video store at the time. It was the 80s. And he remembers ordering two copies mm -hmm. of this for the store because Sinbad was popular-ish at the time. He remembers watching it and he remembers his favorite scenes to a T. Mm -hmm. And there's others who shared their favorite scenes to a T. Here's the hitch. There was never a movie starring Sinbad called Shazam, ever. At least not in this timeline. People are saying, you remember, you're confusing it with Kazam, which starred Shaq as a genie. And they're like, no, no, no. That movie has a different plot. It doesn't have any of the scenes that these people remember as their favorite scenes. And so there are people, and there's other examples of it. This one doesn't make any sense. You know the Berenstain Bears? Yes. There's people who are convinced they were called the Berenstain Bears. Right, that's just they misremembered it. Yeah, I remember it as Berenstain Bears from the, from childhood. But these people are convinced that the timeline we're living in has been changed and that some people remember 
the previous timeline. And that's why they have these memories that no longer exist. They've been edited out of this timeline, but they retain them. This is like what happened with DC Comics when they do, like, when they reboot their history and their history changes. They're having multiple uh, versions of Earth. They're all combined into one Earth and history changes. And there's always like one or two people who remember how it used to be. So this is this ha so this happened to me. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that story so I can tell you this story. Um, I'm driving this week down a, a road that is primarily industrial, but it has some, some businesses there, non-industrial. And I see up ahead, there's a sign for a CrossFit place. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, is CrossFit still a thing? Even well, I guess. It makes sense that there would be a fitness place in a in a place like this because people come from their lunches or they come whatever it's got business. And then as I get closer, I look again and it's a flooring company, not a CrossFit place. The sign colors are exactly the same. The basic layout of the way it was laid out exactly the same, but it's no longer CrossFit. It is now a flooring company. And I will swear to you that 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 was originally a CrossFit place because where would I get CrossFit in my head from a flooring company? And it, it, something shifted. So I used to think the Mandela effect was just crazy. People were remembering things wrong. But I am telling you that was a CrossFit place that in the blink of an eye turned into a flooring company. So somewhere along the line, somebody, the, our timeline was edited last weekend and only I noticed now, is that, do you consider that weird or, or is it weird? Um, you're asking me? Okay, I recognize that perhaps you're not the most yeah. baseline person to ask if something's yeah. weird. Yeah, should we tell the root beer story? Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, tell the root beer story. <laughs> yeah, okay, so welcome to my very strange brain. Uh, this is going to be an interesting image. Don't judge. Ed and I were in the grocery store yesterday. Wait, what's and, so weird about that? Well, people, I don't, people find the idea of you being out and about in the world at interesting because you're such a big star, right? I'm, I'm nice a peon. Cover. It doesn't nice matter. Cover. But, yeah. right. you know, you're such a big star. The All belief right. that you yeah, can go I'm somewhere not. without getting mobbed is. Right. Right. Because anyone gets mobbed in Canada. Anyway, go on. Taylor Swift would, but yes. uh, and and apparently our prime minister when he's trying to eat in BC. But anyway, um, uh, so Ed and I at the grocery store, and Ed says, "Uh, I'm gonna get some root beer," and I heard him say root beer, but I was looking at it was red either Gatorade or Powerade at the time, so I heard root beer. And because of the wild way my brain works, probably because I have synesthesia, I taste sounds and hear colors. Uh, I took the red I was looking at and the prompt root beer and my brain made it cream soda or something like that. Some abstract that was more like cream soda or fruit punch than root beer. And so later I see root beer in the cart. And I said, oh, you got root beer. And Ed said, I told you I was going to get root beer. You weren't paying attention. And the thing is, I was paying attention because I can remember exactly when Ed said root beer 
but I was looking at something red, and so my brain stored it wrong. So you're asking me if what happened to you was weird. Dude, I don't know. Well, <laughs> this that's, is my uh, normal. <laughs> you're, you're right. I asked the wrong person to judge whether something yeah, was don't, weird. Don't ask me if something is weird or strange. I don't okay. know. For, for those who don't know, you briefly touched on it. What is this tasting colors and things like that? Okay, synesthesia, as, as far as anyone knows, it's the brain is wired atypically. It's a form of neurodivergency. And it makes me wonder, wonderfully creative and very amusing, but the, the combinations of things, the connections I make between things have been messed up since I was a kid. I, I've still got this story I wrote when I was like six years old and it's about numbers with personalities. It was the number land and all the numbers had personalities and you, you see it, right? That you see the, the fact that these numbers have auras and there are sounds and vibes and colors and everything associated with the shape of the numbers. Letters do the same thing. And so, you know, that, that thing on Sesame street from back in the day, the pinball design of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh, yeah. eleven, twelve. Yeah, that makes my brain happy. People's names in a in a Twitch chat or a World of Warcraft chat mess me up sometimes because somebody's name is the wrong color. And what well, you mean actually... if they don't use if they don't use a black font, you mean? No, no, like if like the colors are red and purple and pink and blue and all that stuff, and it randomizes uh, every time. It depends on the order somebody comes into the chat. And sometimes people are the right color, and that's okay. Sometimes people are the wrong color, and the dissonance actually makes my eyes hurt or my ears ring. You know, you know the whole expression, chewing tinfoil? Yeah. Yeah, when things are dissonant that way, it gives me this weird feeling in my back teeth. So that's when colors don't match the words, right? Yeah. Or like, oh. you know, I can look at something and there's a smell. You know? Well, okay, sometimes you associate visuals with a smell, though yeah, technically you're not, you're not supposed to be able no, to remember smells. You're not smells. supposed to be able to remember smells, but it's not remembering the smell. It's experiencing the smell. It's freaking phantom smells. And it messes me up because I'll be sitting there going, Do you smell that? Do you smell that? It'll be coming from the light. It's so annoying to live with this thing. Now, it actually sounds kind of fun, but I understand. It's not fun. That... It's not fun at all. And I think that's why I'm sensitive to being called annoying because I associate being called annoying with making people feel like they're chewing tinfoil. Huh. Now, huh. what kind of smells are we talking about? Unpleasant smells or? Uh, more often unpleasant smells than pleasant smells, but some things can like lemon is that that slightly citrusy smell and what would that be associated with it, it's the weirdest things it can be certain sounds so a like sound flute, smells flutes, like lemons flutes and music sometimes smell like lemon flutes yeah but it's it's not just the sound it's a particular series of notes 
or something like that. Like a, a very common form is if you're listening to music, you close your eyes and you see color patterns. That That's a very common one. I have that. Um, and you do that. The thing is, there's other people who do that, but you're doing that without mushrooms. Well, that's the thing. It, it, it sounds like when people describe doing psychedelics or ketamine or something like that, it just seems like me all the time. And I don't know why someone would want that. Does anything smell like cotton candy or pleasant? Oh, see that, see that, that, that particular smell is actually not pleasant to me because it's too close to like a rotting flesh smell. Rotting flesh smells like cotton candy to well, you? It's very close to me. Very, very close. There are certain shades of pink that trigger the rotting flesh smell. And that's why I've never liked pink. Well, it's considering cotton candy you know, is you know usually that, pink. You know that smell when you take up when you've had a band-aid on for too long? No, because I'm cotton. Oh, okay. Good point. But other people know, like when it, it's that it's that not okay wound smell. Certain shades of pink, like Barbie pink, trigger that smell. How did and, you handle the Barbie movie? That was like two I, hours of pink. I I I loved it so much. I could, and the world was kind of a dystopia, so it was okay, because the whole world was kind of rotting. So it made sense to me. Like when everybody's like, "Oh, it's spoiler. It's not fair that Kens don't get to be judges and things like that." It's like, yes, the entire world is dying. That's the whole point. It made sense to me. So. You don't need an armoire to go to Narnia. Oh, You're no, living man. in it 24-7. I freaking love Narnia. That show has been hotel. Certain things are amazing to me. Like Because of, because the, hang on, I'm trying to say, because the colors match the sounds in your head. Well, the so color, there's, the, a, there's too a much symmetry. red. There's too much red in the background of that one. But the character's shapes match the colors that are used, match the voices, match what the character is doing. Except some of the musical numbers. And I'm like, no, oh, that's wrong. So um, do they also smell like, they're, well, like I, they I, look? I associate smells with the, the different characters, yeah. Are any of them pleasant? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not... It's not something I consciously think about. It's not imagining. It's an immediate, um, like, you know, Alistair, the guy with the big smile. All right, yeah. In my brain, he looks like he smells like chocolate. <laughs> but Charlie, that whole thing smells bad to me. It smells like melted butter. I don't think I even know what melted butter smells exactly. like. Exactly. Oh, wait, I know melt yeah, melted, butter. melted butter smells awful. Yeah, slightly oily and it's not like ever, I can't stand the character and it's like but she's this but she's that it's like no no I can't there are just some things that great and I can't control it I'm having this really weird aversion to Taylor Swift's hair lately <laughs> she's got this not hair going on is it she has changed her hairstyle and this now registers to you as snot it, it's something about the shape and the color combination. And yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm sure it's totally on trend. There's just something with that and other things that are going on. Like her uh, Grammy dress was beautiful. 
But and it it's not and it's not that I think it looks bad. It just hits me the shape and the color bug my brain. How do you go through life with all of these extra senses? Oh, going to I don't know if I should name the store. But it used to be a huge problem. Something the lighting it's a particular big box store. The lighting still bothers me, but they changed something during COVID. I have no idea what. And I no longer want to vomit the minute I walk into this big box store. And it isn't because of the price increases. No, no, no. It was something visceral about, about these particular stores. I couldn't go in them without feeling sick. And something during COVID, I don't know if it was a cleaner they changed or something like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't think so. But something during COVID, something got changed. And all of a sudden, I don't get sick going in those stores. Now, you got COVID, which affected your sense of taste and smell. Could that yeah. be the difference? Well, I do have long COVID, maybe. I don't know. But see, that's the thing. My sense of smell is affected, but the, the smell associations haven't changed. Are you familiar with a movie from the 60s called Incre Incredible Voyage, I believe? Yeah, I think I saw that. I don't know. It's where I think it was the president had some kind of aneurysm or whatever. And so they shrunk these scientists and a submarine yes. down yeah. and injected them into the, That's right. the, the president's bloodstream. That's right. And they were traveling around inside the body uh, microscopically, and everything they saw in the body looked very, you know, it, it looked different than you expected from that perspective. Yeah. That is what it feels like I've been listening to as you've been describing what goes on in your brain. I feel like that, I'm in that little sub in Fantastic yeah. Voyage. More Yellow Submarine. You know the Beatles' Yellow Submarine? Yeah, yeah. That, that art is perfect. The Terry Gilliam stuff for Monty Python, perfect. For the subject matter. Right. Well, just everything that's going on, the tones of voices and everything like that. But but also um, the other thing that made my brain happy. And, and this is why I don't understand why people hate this movie. The quantum realm scenes in Ant-Man Quantumania. And I love that movie, by the, the way. Go the on. Shapes, anything Disney is so good at shape, color, tonal combinations. So... The strange world, the quantum world, yeah. in in Quantum Mania, and yeah. it felt like home. Well, yeah, the I have holes guy. I want to be his friend. Oh, the guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, for those for those who've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. For those who haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. Forget critics. It was a really good movie, and the the holes guy, hilarious. Uh, see, um, I have holes guy. Like those those are when I was a kid. I wanted friends like that. Amorphously shaped things. Yes. Because they made sense. Well, um, I uh, was started by telling a story about possibly this, the this, timeline this changing. really went down a rabbit hole. Maybe I, the timeline changed. I, I think you're from another dimension. <laughs> I'm saying this in public. Oh, my God. Like, were you found on a doorstep somewhere? That, you know, as a kid, I love the X-Men. Yeah. 
because like I saw Beast and it's like, this makes sense. This is me on the inside. I, I'm blue. It felt right. Wait, I, you I see yourself? You see yourself as blue still? Well, and and that's the thing. It's like I know I'm not literally blue, <clears throat> but it's something about that. It it just reads blue. And then, um, God, there were so many great shows during the '80s that you could, you know, He Man and Thundercats and all that stuff. Things were just so imaginative in a way that they weren't for a really long time. And so I think we could sort of hide in plain sight more. But yeah, I I love E.T. Oh, I loved E.T. as a kid. Even e. the Black I Hole. We talked about that before. E.T. may be my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I, I tend to, to like... The other thing is I like things that are, you know, ugly cute. Yes. So E.T.'s perfect. Alf, I didn't like that he ate cats, but I try to understand, you know. Um, what else? I mean, I saw this video... On, on Twitter of baby hedgehogs. Okay. And they are the most uniquely horrifying things I have ever seen. And I just, you know that cute noise I make? That noise I make when something is really cute? Yeah. Like, this kind of thing. I, I made it. It, it. Like my brain was going, that's horrifying. I want it. It's so cute. Wait, those are horrifying, but you still think opossums are oh, are No, cute. okay. I'm saying there. I understand they are horrifying to other people. They are cute to me. Because I, I have, I, I have a love hate relationship with opossums. They're very gentle creatures, very <laughs> nice creatures. But looking at them, I swear I'm looking at an people, alien being. People on on the Discord server I run uh, found out I like possums and raccoons, opossums and raccoons, and so yeah. now they're just spamming me with pictures of opossums, and it's great. See, like, an opossum looks exactly like what it is. Which is what? An opossum. <laughs> I should have no, known that okay. was coming. When you hear the word, do you not think of that? No. I mean, now I do because I've seen them. But before, I actually thought of Walt Kelly's cartoon uh, no. Pogo. It I is a perfect, a perfect onomatopoeia for that shape. You know that uh, song, Your Body is a Wonderland? <laughs> your your brain is a wonderland. I don't know. I think my brain is kind of a Nine Inch Nail song. All right. Um, well, uh, wow. I wasn't expecting any of that. Yeah, I said all that in public. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well, there oh, goes you know, my stupid you know foreign what else? company story. You know what else is a great one that way? Is that what? old Mr. Toad cartoon? I don't know Mr. Toad cartoons. You know, The Wind in the Willows? Oh, yeah, The Wind in the Willows, yeah. Yeah, best. I mean, oh, those old dark rides at Disney World and Disneyland, the best. Like, some somebody at Disney must have a brain like mine because their designs, there's a reason they're so popular. They make sense. You know, every so often a character will just hit. And so a tinfoil hat wouldn't even help you because it's coming from inside, not outside. Yeah, exactly. It would just it, I, I, I tried tinfoil hats when I was around 11. They don't work. OK, on that, 
we're gonna go to a you know you never did that you never no. did when there was like a big thing of like a barbecue or from the christmas turkey you just stole it and made it into a pirate hat didn't weren't there turkey drippings on it you use the other side but then you get still grossness on your fingers well you rinse it off or something but you don't get yelled at if it's already used if you take unused tinfoil and make it into a hat you get in trouble you know what's what's worrying me what that actually is making sense to me, and I'm wondering... That has a logic. The melted butter makes no sense, and I am aware. We'll be back on this journey into craziness after this. Stay with us. All right, um... I'm still trying to uh, <laughs> it's broken. wrap my head around what you wrap your head around. See, um, I never understand why people take shots at your appearance, Ed. Because you look exactly like you should look. Who's that? Wait, wait a minute. Who's taking you know, shots at my I appearance? Mean, I, I, Ed, I, I, I admit I'm invested in this Elmo controversy because of you. Oh, because of me? Because I am the dude running interference so jerks don't do what Larry David did. Do you want to? Do you want to? For those I have, who, I have for those physically who to... intervened to prevent exactly what he did. Well, yeah, you're like uh, Clint Eastwood in the movie In the Line of Fire. Kind yeah. of take a bullet for me. Um, okay. No, that was ice in Calgary, and that really hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, you did take oh. pelted with ice. Okay, oh, bad so, memories. Let's uh, for those who don't know what you're talking about, because not everybody pays attention to this. Um, uh, apparently, like Elmo, the Sesame Street character, did a video about uh, caring about people's mental health, checking in with people to their mental health, and it got crazy viral. It did very well. And so he wound up on the Today Show to talk about it. The same show, Larry David was there to promote the last episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And as I understand it, when they went to a commercial, Larry David walked over and grabbed Elmo's face oh, was and it started shaking Elmo's head and face. And people were like, oh, oh, like, as they should be. Because so if they went to commercial, then how did it go public? People were there. I don't know if it went to commercial, but I thought it went to commercial and people were there. It could have been live. I don't know. Yeah, because I watched the clip and it really seems like they're in a bit with Elmo and his dad. Oh, okay. Then yeah. that's even worse. And then Larry you walk David, into somebody else's time. And I, I give Elmo super credit, man. He had a great comeback. He's like, Elmo, no like you no more. And I'm like, I'm sure that's not what Elmo wanted to say in that moment. Yeah, I don't understand why somebody, uh, a, 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 a very successful, wealthy man would take would relish because going over and damaging a child's uh, a child's idol, a child's character. Ed, there's a real simple reason, and this is one of the things that just bugs me about this yeah. whole thing. It actually makes me angry. It worked. We're talking about it. He's getting a ton of earned media, and the exact kind of person who still likes Curb Your Enthusiasm will tune in because he violated a beloved children's character. You see, I don't understand. I always get upset when I would see uh, shirts like of Scooby-Doo and they'd have a joint in his mouth. And I'm like, can you not leave? 
certain childhood things in childhood? Can you not leave the innocence and wonder and magic without you besmirching it with See, your perversions? Not that, not that having a doobie is a perversion, but putting it in a child's character. Why do you need to ruin things like that? Yeah, see, you got choked by Mark Hamill on camera, but you had it coming. Wait you a minute. Okay, first of you all. You had been provoking him for like 25 minutes before that. You I earned that him, first choke. I asked him a... You were, you were asking him about farts over and over again, man. Not like just, it's cool no, that he no. finally snapped. I asked him a question that many people have, have had. Actually, I'm yeah. going to play that clip right now. All of it's pop culture. So uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, yes. Yes. All right. This is very important. Jawar, you are. We were talking to Dave Prowse. Yeah. yeah. The guy was in the suit, the yeah. Darth Vader suit. He wouldn't yeah. answer this. Yes. He was in that suit for what, 14 hours at a time? Possibly. Pretty, pretty much uh, sealed airtight. Uh, quite possibly. What did he do? Did he like fart in that suit and carry it around with him a whole day? Uh. That suit, when I first saw it, reminded me of Doctor Doom, which is a character in the yeah, Marvel. Yeah, you know the Marvel Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that sort of Cuisinart face. But but did he fart in the suit? Is the important question. I don't know. Doctor Doom had eyes. I mean, he could escape. What did you make of his accent? Of of Doctor Doom's? No, accent? no, of David Prowse's. He's from Cornwall, yeah, right. and he's got a lovely accent, but I want the location of those hidden rebel tapes. But did he fart in the suit? Uh, <laughs> small minds like, are I was wondering, like, when concerned he took the, when he took the helmet bodily off the end of the functions, day. Small events. I'm not interested. When he, when he took the helmet off the end of the you day, was it like depressurizing? Was it like vapors just came out all over the place? You've got to get it from him. I, I can't speak for We've him. we got to go find Darth. Because a lot of times right. you think, well, the stuff that you do, at least I feel sometimes, is so trivial. But uh, you got to have a laugh and not take it seriously. It's entertainment. Yeah. So why won't you answer my question about the fart in the suit? Oh boy! I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, it's obvious. Ah! Uh, it's obvious. Your Jedi there. mind tricks will not work on me, Skywalker. <laughs> there you go. See, he See, was trying to evade that. the question. You earned that. That was fair. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, Mark Hamill, he he choked me, but he didn't choke me. Choke. It was a stage choke. It yeah, it, it was it was part of the bit. It was and then it was like your Jedi mind tricks did not work on me, Skywalker. Like that's cool. But I'm just trying to give an example of how it could have been done. Like if he'd gone over and he'd like headlocked Elmo and it was clearly just play, but no, it 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 was a very disturbing moment with Larry he was David. Being a dick, and I actually he... have something similar. Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, you want I to was... talk about this? Because this is exactly what I thought of. Yeah, I was, uh, before I even joined Much Music permanently, I was on an MMVA. And there was this shtick where a bunch of us were playing poker in, in a room. And I was hiding a card up my sock. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, and, and Brett Hitman Hart was supposed to be angry about it and, and grab me. Well, everything was fine during rehearsals. Back in those days, they rehearsed things. Mm -hmm. Didn't make them any better. Anyway, when we're <laughs> live, Brett the Hitman Hart grabs me and is choking me yeah. in like this, uh, you know, the Iron Claw from the movie. He's like choking me and like not, it's a joke, Brett. It's a shtick. Let go. Wrestlers, uh, wrestlers I, was, I grew to be very, very uncomfortable around wrestlers. Two of the other most terrifying things I, I as part of that part of my career happened because of wrestlers.
Like that Chris Benoit, oh, that Mick Foley thing, that was legitimately terrifying. And I hate talking about this because, oh, he's such a nice guy. He's so great to his fans. Well, I saw another side of him and it wasn't even my idea. Some promoter wanted me to hit him with a chair and the look that Foley gave me, what it chills me to this day. Like his pride was wounded or something. We should point out the folding chair was from one of those toy WWE sets. So it was a toy. No, no, that, it was that, very that was small. something different. That was something different. Oh. That was the bit you shot with, with him. It oh, was okay, another yeah. thing where a promoter wanted to do this like Kafabi stuff and hadn't talked to me about it at all. But for some odd reason, Foley gave me a look of death. Because the promoter suggested, I was like, this suddenly got very, very scary and I want out of this room. Yeah, And I, I don't even like talking about it, right? Because you tell an honest story about somebody like that and you're just attacking him. You're trying to ruin him. I swear to God it happened. Oh, I was I was there. Yeah, it, I mean, first was... I, I hit him with this toy. Uh, uh, yeah, but that was part chair. of a bit. He was fine with that. No, th- no, he was oh, not no, fine with wasn't? it. No, he was not really? fine with it. I thought he'd have a sense of humor. Not fine with it. And then we were supposed to do a wrestling thing between him and uh, between Ed and Socko, between me and Socko, his yeah. character at the time. And, and they, the wanted, idea they was... wanted to do a thing that I'd run in with a chair at the last minute. And it was a whole wrestling thing. Like, I, I get I, they wanted to pull a Miss Elizabeth thing. But the I, I said, well, we'll make it a draw. And he yeah. said, no, he had to win. Yeah. And I said, no, this is this is my jurisdiction. This is my uh, zone because he was up here. I said, you're not going to win. We're going to make it a draw. And yeah, he it, was, it was fuming. It was stupid wrestling. OK, so he took it out of me. I must have missed some of this conversation because all I know, I mean, I, I, I backed out of it by saying, look, I've never done this before. I have no wrestling training. I, I don't, you know, I mean, okay, I wouldn't have heard him. This is a guy who fell on tax and walked away. He's notorious for, you know, those moments. But still, that was scary. Yeah. That was, was a really, off. really scary moment. Yeah. And then the other one, maybe we shouldn't even talk about it because he became a tragedy. Well, I mean, we just have to say the name and people won't question it. You know, the... The, well, we never even used that, right? Because it was too terrifying. There was nothing funny about that Chris Benoit interview. No, he he no. was like clearly was, yeah. off, and he wasn't. He was supposed to show some moves to a cast member, but you know, we said to him, you know, don't do it real. Like just, this is just part of the gimmick. It's funny because all the all the the divas, the women's wrestlers, were were great. fabulous. I mean, Trish Stratus was great. Uh, rest in peace, Joni Laura was a complete sweetheart. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Stacy, something or other was good too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, all the women were. Stacy Keebler. Stacy Keebler, cool. They were all cool. There, there were other guys who were cool. I mean, The Rock just sort of stood there, but that's okay. Hulk Hogan was fun. Hulk um, Hogan was great. Well, but, that's because you were nice to his daughter. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Um, but yeah, this was uh, Chris Benoit. It was he. He didn't understand. He, he hurt. The, the guy we were working with and we didn't use the piece. And I remember that the headquarters for WWE called 
and asked us not to use it. And we had already said, we're not using it. And that's why when the tragedy happened, when he he lost he lost it and, and murdered his family, people were saying, we, you know, colleagues, we never saw this coming. We never saw this in him. It's like, bull, we, we were with him for 20 minutes and we saw it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, I remember looking at it and kind of looking at each other and going, we can't use this. There's nothing funny here. Yeah, no, that was very unfunny. One of my favorite yeah. moments was when Trish Stratus hit me with a full-size folding chair. Yes. And see, that went okay, because she knew what she was doing. Well, Trish is a pro. No, she is. Um, She's great. She's great. All right. Um, talking about things that aren't funny, why don't we go to break, come back, and talk about what happened with Bell Media this past well, week. Well, we didn't even really get into the Elmo thing, but that's okay. Oh, Geez, I forgot about that. You want to go into that when we come back and then we'll go to the Bell Media? I, 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 I think the Elmo thing is more fun than the Bell Media thing because that's just, yeah. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> Elmo versus Larry David, part two. Go on. Okay, so the whole Larry David thing kicks off. And then Will Wheaton of, you know, Will Wheaton's got a, long and and checkered history with star trek fandom right because he he can't take a joke over the shut up wesley thing and so he pipes off it's like five paragraphs of how upsetting the the larry david elmo thing was to him and elmo is a child and it like way over the top and um I was bothered by it, but I was like, oh, Larry David's a jerk and he's trolling and this isn't cool. And I hope they never invite him on the show again because he doesn't know how to behave. But Will Wheaton made it super personal and it sparked off this whole social media fight with some people going, oh, there he goes again. And other people not exactly saying he handled it well, but insisting that you can't criticize him because he has PTSD. Well, the thing I found interesting in his his response was he said that his father, when he was younger, his father used to choke him and scream in his face. And I remember thinking, this guy was a an actor bringing in money to the family, and his uh, oh, that's that's very frightening that that happened. But then he oh, said and that it's, it's the, believable. It's it's not the only that? it's believable. It's not the only time that, you know, a, a child actor has been abused at home. No. But then he said that Larry David mushing, assaulting uh, Elmo made him think of the times his father grabbed him and screamed in his face. And right. And it wasn't even the same description of what Larry David did to Elmo. He said he grabbed him by the throat, whereas Larry kind of face mushed Elmo. Yeah, I mean, all right. It's it's some similarity in his memory. I'm not going to okay, take I, away from the, I have a childhood that. where that happened to. And I'm not trying to compare circumstances. But the thing that made me personally ticked is, I mean, I got a PTSD diagnosis in 2013. I do a whole show based on that. You know, using that to call attention to yourself, that's not that's that's making mental health stigma worse. 
not better. People well, with that diagnosis can stay spooled in it, when things are weird, you know? The other thing you brought up is that he said that he grew up with he Elmo. He didn't. I actually, I checked this. He was talking about how Elmo is a child and beloved, and it it very much did sound like he was going based on nostalgia. Oh. Maybe maybe he watched it, watched it with his kids or something like that. I don't he know. but kids? I, I think so. Oh, that's frightening, too. Because my first thought, because uh, Will Wheaton's a little bit older than I am. He's like 51 or something like that. But Elmo wasn't, Elmo was like a, a minor character on Sesame Street when I was watching Sesame Street. The whole Elmo's world thing didn't come about until much, much later. So, you know, even the nostalgia attachment, the way that, because um, I mean, trauma triggers happen. It was something on the TV or something like that. There's there's nothing connecting that to Will Wheaton's childhood. And obviously the, the guy should have walked away from the computer at that moment. I just seriously, I, you know, from a serious point, I don't like people saying, oh, you can't criticize him. He has on, he has PTSD. I have PTSD. Yes, you can criticize me when I I lose it in public. Like, please do not coddle people like me. It denies us opportunities. People don't even ask us to do things because they think we can't handle it. That That's not helping. Does that make sense? A hundred percent? Yeah. And we're responsible for keeping it together when something hits a button. Like Charlie on Hasbin Hotel smells like melted butter. That really way, bothers has, me. Hasbin Hotel, not everybody knows about this. It's on Prime, Amazon Prime. It's right. spelled H-A-Z-B-I-N. Yeah. It's it's fun. You have to get through the first episode. The first episode is rough, but then it gets more entertaining. Lots it's a musical. Shows, lots yeah. of shows, first episodes are rough because they have to establish an entire world. And when you're establishing yeah. a fantastical world yeah. that is very different from our current world, that's even more of a, a heavy lift. It's one of those shows where everybody's better, but the main character, because main characters have to be kind of stereotypical main character. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, everybody's cooler in Guardians of the Galaxy than Star-Lord. Oh, Star-Lord's a douche. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But so, but there's another layer to the Will Wheaton story, and this is where it gets good. All right. This is like progressivism pigeon pooping on another pigeon moment. All right. Okay. Because I hop on Twitter earlier today and I see Will Wheaton still trending. I'm like, oh, dear. Why? You know, this is just, oh, who cares? And the first tweet I see is it was probably a troll, but somebody calling out Will Wheaton for caring so much about Elmo and not speaking out on Gaza. I hope that was a troll, but you don't know anymore. No, I think it was a troll based on the type of the account, but it's one of those internet moments of you're not sure, and that's what makes it wonderful. Good point. And And on that that point... You know, that took a big... The whole Elmo and mental health thing, I am so conflicted on. I could talk about it 
for an hour. There's so many layers to it. But just seeing someone pop the Will Wheaton bubble on that one was just beautiful because I hate people treating people with mental health conditions that are, are totally livable. You can completely live with PTSD and be productive. I'm living proof. I hate it when people treat us like objects of pity that aren't full people. And so to see that just, it was like, oh, yes. All right. Point taken. Going to break, coming back. All right, very, very briefly. Uh, shout out to the 4,800 people in media who were let go or will be let go by Bell Media as of this week. Um, I point out that's not 4,800 people. That's probably 4,800 families uh, who are affected and the neighboring uh, economy that these people can no longer go and spend what they did, that's affected. So this is a serious thing. And unlike in the past where there was a robust industry, if you lost your job or you left your job, there was somewhere else in the industry you could probably find something. It'd be very difficult for these radio people to find work in radio when radio is generally being downsized, except the place I do my, my all night show, 94.9 The Rock owned by Durham Radio, they saved three TV stations uh, from Bell's liquidation. They saved them, took them on, keeping the staff um, and it's local radio. So some places are stepping up, but it's a, it's a tough road for these people. It yeah, it, I I admit this is one of these things where I don't know it's it's hard to look at it's hard to talk about. See, the thing about okay, big media for years has been saying the only way we can succeed and compete is if we get bigger and bigger. So they get the CRTC to allow them to merge and acquire other businesses, other competitors. Until there's practically no competitors left, is three yeah. three companies, yeah. and the they they don't get bigger. They just get sm the bigger they get, the smaller they get, because they take on debt loads they can't manage. Yeah, they um, wind well, up. Well, they're they're a parasite on the American industry. Yes. Yeah. Um, they they fire people. They don't they, they don't stop... believe in original Canadian programming at their core. They don't want to do it. No, it's this is a it's a cost of doing business. Right. Um, unlike, you know, the British who do BBC, there's some pride in it here. Yeah, they're not forced to do it. They do it because they want to and they're good at it. So these people, uh, they, they stop pro their their business ostensibly is producing media content. And every time they merge, they produce less media content. I don't know how you grow by cutting and reducing what you're supposed to be making. I don't get it. And I don't think the people who are running these uh, these networks are stupid. I, I think they're they're smart people. The problem is they're in the wrong business that what they have, their thoughts about how to run a business. They come from a place, a training where basically they're best suited to places that have assembly lines and make products. Each product is exactly the right. same as the previous one over right. and over. Right. TV, they, have, they, they, they don't understand that you have to launch five shows, four of which will fail or not do great for the one that just makes gangbusters. Exactly. Yeah. And 
each product has to be different in some respect, at least, from others. You can't make uniform products. They're used to, like, they'd be great running a company that makes a glass cleaner, you know, because every bottle is the same height and weight and size. Yeah. They can handle that. But they can't handle a creative business where creative, it is a business, but a creative mm -hmm. business that succeeds is where the uh, creative and business work together, often in an in a arm wrestle, back and forth. But when one precludes the other to a degree, it's unsuccessful. And that's, well, yeah. that is the problem. You, you have to be prepared to spend money on stuff that are risks, like the Barbie movie. Huge risk, huge yeah. reward. Yeah, and, and I mean, they spent more on the marketing of that film than making it. And that, if that hadn't have worked, they uh, people would have gotten fired. People took risks on that. That's To me, that's part of what's so exciting to me, even though that pink is the smell of rotting flesh. Okay. All right. It on really note, is the smell of rotting flesh. Imagine note. walking into a toy store and smelling dead flesh. Like that sickeningly sweet, oh, it's been in the water a while smell. That's that pink. Liana uh, hosts a show called It's Not <laughs> Therapy. And as you can tell, she's especially uh, qualified to talk about uh, mental challenges, emotional challenges, stresses, and uh, provide <laughs> some tools to help you deal with it along with expert guests it's called there's there's a reason i specialize in neurodivergency as well with my yeah, personal clients yeah, yeah there's, it, it's all come out this right what you know um <laughs> so that's called it's not therapy and it's available on all podcast platforms and that's it uh time for us to uh say sayonara if we're allowed to and that's not stealing from another culture so liana do your thing. Sayonara. Bye-bye.